You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at K.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game, numbers, and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick to this, this the, the real deal. And you know I got a shout out to Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go! Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. This is a home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. If this is your first time finding us, thanks for being here. I'm glad you found us. You're going to have a lot of fun today because we are going to jam into the fantasy world with a guy that knows a lot about it. And if you're one of the Nerd Mafia already, Thanks for being here again. Glad you found your way back, and I hope you enjoy the show as well. Uh, this show is going to be brought to you this week by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, that's where you'll be finding the Buffalo Nerd as we move forward this season. So before we uh, I talk about my guest a little bit, he is Bill's Mafia. Uh, you know, so I'm super excited about that. We're getting close to the season, so I really wanted to dive in to get the, get the home field advantage, get the guys that really love the team plus are good at what they do to come on and tell us how to move forward. So this week, we're going to get to hang out with Adam Pfeiffer. He's basically the dude over at fan, at the uh, FTN Network. If you want fantasy, football, baseball, basketball, fantasy, anything, this is the guy you need to talk to. 
And he's going to tell us today how to approach our drafts and that kind of stuff moving forward this season. So Adam, before we get too deep into all that, why don't you go ahead and kind of introduce yourself a little bit, let the audience know who you are. Yeah. And first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, always, a always a pleasure. And yeah, like you said, I just, um, I've been covering fantasy sports for about six or seven years now. And it's not for me, it's not just football. It's, you know, football's, I would say football is definitely the most popular, but I do basketball year round baseball. I, I did do a lot. I'm starting to slow down with baseball, but, um, but yeah, I do articles for redraft and season long DFS. Um, and then also co-host fade the chalk with uh, Derek Brown over at FTN fantasy. Um, going to be doing, we usually do about four episodes a week off season and in season, we're going to be up to six. So that'll be fun. It's, uh, again, preseason's over week one's very, very soon. And, uh, and we have the Steelers, uh, on tap. So it's an exciting time for sure. And I appreciate you having me. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't ask like for coming out of the AFC championship, you know, especially with the COVID and everything like that and being able to get everybody into the building for the first time. You get a historic franchise coming in who's supposed to have a good football team, too. I I tend to think they're not going to be, but that's beside the point and for another day. Uh, but it's going to be a fun season. And we saw just in this last preseason game that this team appears to be able to be electric really quickly with who we have right now. We're going to dive into that. Uh, but before we get into all that kind of stuff, um, we do like to mm -hmm. highlight the charity every week on the show. And as the guest, uh, Adam got to choose the charity and he chose Mental Health of America. Um, so Adam, why don't you kind of just uh, tell us a little bit about why you chose them and, you know, just kind of let us in a little bit about them. Yeah. So for me, like, when when you when you told me about the podcast and what you're doing uh, in terms of you know giving some uh, some attention to the charities, I, I knew right away I wanted to do something with mental health. It's very important to me. Um, I've you know everybody in some capacity deals with it. I have I've had anxiety for a long time, um, and it's you know it's obviously impacted me. So anytime I can try to at least help in some regard, uh, I would like to do that. So I knew I wanted to to spotlight mental health of America. Uh, their missions really just kind of promote how important mental health is for your, you know, overall wellness for, for, for life. And they help with, you know, finding out exactly who needs the support and, and, and the differences in terms of all the, the, you know, the mental health stuff out there. I mean, there's anxiety, depression, everything. And it really does a like anytime that I can find any sort of organization that, really shines a light on how important it is and how serious mental health is to your overall everyday well-being. That's something that I really, 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 um, I really value. And you see, we've seen the last couple of years, I mean, you know, professional athletes talking and raising way more awareness. And that's been really, really nice to see for me. So I always want to, you know, I'm obviously not a professional athlete by any means, but I just want to always make sure anybody that has any issues with mental health and, you know, is maybe not as open about it, understands that there's not only people out there, but there's, there's organizations and, and like Mental Health of America and, and so many others that are doing great things to provide services and support and overall understanding. Because it's not just the support that people need at times, it's the overall understanding. And you know that that's where they come into play too. So I was really happy to be able to talk about Mental Health of America. 
Yeah, I mean, it's cool. And when you when you brought it up and you said that's what you wanted to highlight, and I'm like, it's cool. You you wanted to highlight the the Hayden Hurst Foundation, which also touches on that. We actually just talked talked about them a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it goes to show there's a lot of mental health foundations out there, organizations out there. There are a lot of people trying to attack what is, a, you know, a need that I think everybody in America has right now. Whether you maybe think you do or you don't, that's, that's fine. But this is cool because uh, the first time that I came to this site is they actually have like kind of like a quiz type of thing that you can take to kind of like just you know take an overall look at yourself you know from you know perspective of like internally i guess is a good way maybe to describe it so very cool um you obviously every week we do put everything in the show notes so you guys can easily connect over to them um, but you can just head to mhanational.org that's mhanational.org mm-hmm. and that takes you right over to their site resources you can donate there you can just send resources to other people all sorts of different stuff available to you there, which is really cool. So thanks for bringing that up, Adam. Thanks for touching on a little bit of the personal aspect of it for you too, you know, cause that's a, uh, I think that's important. And that was what was missing. I think for so many years was men being okay with just saying like, Hey, this is going on with me. It's cool. Like it, it doesn't mean that I'm like less of a man or any of those types of things. So very cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, Let's get into your wheelhouse and let's jam because like I kind of hit on a little bit already, I do believe that this team has the ability to be electric, right? But I also am the guy, and maybe you could tell me if you're like this or not, I tend to stay away from the Bills in every fantasy format because I'm the person that's like, I don't want them to suck in the game and we lose the game and then they also kill me in fantasy. So I stay away from them. I stay away from them. But I've been turning the corner more and more because this offense just feels like there's so many different pieces. So overall, just kind of your overall assessment as the offense as a whole, where where do they stand for you? I mean, we saw it in their their preseason finale against Green Bay. I mean, they it was Josh Allen's first action of the preseason and Brian Dayball being the amazing play caller that he is just unleashes the, the passing game. And I, Josh Allen didn't like the Bills didn't even attempt a single run in the entire first quarter. Like it was just like and that, like they were just firing on all cylinders. Stefan Diggs wasn't even playing in this game like the skill players are great, right? Josh Allen took this huge elite massive step forward last year. Diggs was pretty much the best receiver in football last year right there with Adams and Tyreek Hill. Beasley's been great as a slot receiver. Like they just have so many great players. But I think the part that gets overlooked is how awesome Brian Dayball is for not only this team, but for fantasy because he does I talk about this all the time, but like he doesn't care about having a balanced offense. Like he he's not going into a game saying, "Okay, we're going to want to run the ball 15 times and throw 25." Like we saw it last year, the Seattle game. Like if if the opposing defense has no idea how to stop the passing game or whatever strength the Bills offense is for that game, he is going to keep doing it. There was a game against the Patriots, their first game, where Zach Moss and Singletary in the running game couldn't be stopped, and they threw the ball you know, way less. And then the majority of the season, their strengths are going to be obviously the pass. But that's why Brian Dayball is such a great play caller. I mean, the Bills were among the league leaders in passing rate on early downs. They were overall a top-tier passing rate team. So they played to their strengths. Brian Dayball really unleashed, uh, helped unleash Josh Allen. Obviously, Diggs played a huge part in that as well. But I think Brian Dayball deserves a ton of credit. So, yeah, like you said, man, it's it's as a Bills fan, too, I'm trying not to like I'm trying not to get too excited, but it's impossible because we have not had an offense like this since the Jim Kelly days. And as a Bills fan, you're like waiting for it to kind of fall out from underneath. But I just I don't see that happening. I think they're I think they're as legit as it comes. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. And the more that I watch it, the more like even that throw, right? Like he, and it, it almost felt re- reminiscent of like some of the old games where they got the penalty right and they get backed up, and it was like they just ruined this great drive, right? And then it's like third and twenty, and he just throws a dart. Yeah, right? I mean, like that, we've seen that a mul- multiple times with Josh Allen already. It was the the Denver game last year. It was like third and twenty. That's when he had the, the touchdown pass to Kumaro. It was like a really similar throw. It was like just. 30 yards out and the ball gets there in a second because the arm strength is insane. So it's like, I feel like with this team, all of a sudden they went from an offense that was, or they went from a team overall that was top five defense and they'll probably get you 15 points per game on offense. And now it's their defense is still good. And I think they can become like a top five unit again, but their offense is going to score 30 more often than they're not. It's, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic with the bills from the last two years to as long as I've been a fan, really. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I'm glad that you brought up that about Debo because I always, for the longest time in the NFL, it annoyed the crap out of me that all these coaches have like kind of this, like, again, it's like a respect type of thing, right? But they never like want to run it up or they don't want to like push it or they don't want to just keep doing something because you're not supposed to. You're now supposed, it's the second half. You're supposed to come out and run. Wait, Mm -hmm. why? Like, why would I do that when you haven't proven to me that you can stop us from scoring with the pass? Like, I'm not going to just give yeah. you a free pass, right? And you can I get appreciate 12, that 13 like yards that. every play passing the ball. Don't give a, the defense a chance to th- have like a second and nine and second and 10 if you run the ball. And for like, day ball is like, he, he deserves way more credit. Uh, and I, like, again, obviously, Stefan Diggs is an elite receiver and he's, you know, he helped Josh Allen become incredible, incredible last year. But Brian Dayball deserves so much credit as well. Like, I can't stress that enough. Oh, yeah, I know. It, I've been praying like since last season, I've been praying that somehow, some way he's just going to fall in love with this team. That yeah, he's just gonna it's, stay it's tough, here. too, because like right. you want you, you you like the guy and you want him to get a head coaching job because he deserves it. But at the same time, you're like, I don't want him to coach anywhere else. Yeah, just, just stay here and just keep winning, please. Like, yeah. and just keep winning titles here. You know, I know you get paid a little less, but if you keep winning titles, I'm sure they can figure out a way to get you some mm-hmm. more money, right? You know, so, but, so we're both on the same page then that we think the offense is pretty doable. I, I'm a little concerned about the defense, actually. And I think that it's going to be weird to see them because they're going to be in that situation where they're always facing passing again for the most part, I think, which is going to kind of put them in that weird spot. And you give up a lot of rush yards on that because you're sitting back and then team throw draws at you and they do things like that so your numbers get out of whack but after that least last preseason game i was a little concerned i get it's preseason but i'm like really why why the number two is like running up the gut on us for 10 yards every time but i i do anticipate we're going to have a good defense but we're not here to chat about the defense we're here to chat about the offensive guys and i just kind of want to get your take on where they are as far as like in redraft in your mind or dfs you know of how you would play them like uh, alan We'll just start with him. I mean, everybody and their brother is going to want him. He finishes as the top fantasy player last year, right? He looks like he could do the same exact thing this season, but it's expensive to get him. Are are you a redraft going after Josh Allen, or is he more of kind of just like strictly a DFS kind of play for you? So you talked earlier about how you don't like drafting a lot of Bills players for fantasy in case like something, you know, and like for me, Josh Allen in a vacuum, like, yeah, get him in every draft. But for me, I, I, I'm i in so many leagues and I already have Josh Allen and Diggs paired in a couple of them. So I'm probably going to be like differentiating a little bit just because I don't I, it's hard, though, because like they're so good. Uh, but just in general, if you say I'm going into a league, you know, tonight and I haven't had a draft yet and I have no teams. Yeah, I, I mean, Josh Allen, the, the top five at quarterback is loaded, right? You have uh, Mahomes. Allen, Lamar, Kyler, and Dak. 
but like Josh Allen, it's not just the rushing that he gives you. Like he has a t- ten touch on upside with how they use him at the goal line. But now all of a sudden he's throwing the ball thirty five to forty times a game, and the pace is high, and the pass attempts are high, and he's throwing the ball downfield, and he has. I don't want to say that he has the best group of pass catchers in the league because there's Tampa Bay, there's Dallas, there's a lot of really good, but I think, I think Buffalo pretty easily has the best group of route runners in the NFL uh, between Diggs, Beasley and Sanders. So yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, like you said, he was number one quarterback last year and he only played what a half of that Miami game at the end of the season, if that. So we, we've seen what the upside is. A lot of people are a little bit worried about regression. And yeah, like when you have a year that great, you're going to regress a little bit. But I, I don't think it's a situation where Josh Allen's going to all of a sudden go from, you know, the, the struggles he had as, in terms of accuracy the year before to being amazing to being back to, you know, questionable. He's he's clearly proven he's a bona fide star. And that's why the Bills gave him that contract. So I've as you know, if you take him over Mahomes as the number one quarterback, I think you're perfectly you know, fine doing that. I don't think it's a crazy take at all. Yeah. I mean, a prime example of him not going to regress much, I think was that throw just even in the green Bay game where he's going across his body and he just drops it 20 yards down the field on a dime, right where it needs to be, you know, no question, just kind of jogs it off, you know, like, Hey, cool. No big deal. That's what we do around here. So I agree with that. So if you're, if you're liking Allen or, and you're say you're in a 12 team and you're picking like 10 or something like that, or even you're deeper in that you're on the turn, would you do something as far as an, an Allen Diggs? I mean, is that is that too too risky in your eyes? Is Diggs that guy again for you this season that you are going to go up after him and get him, you know, as a true number one wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, Allen will go in the middle rounds, like rounds four and five, and a lot of people will just wait longer at quarterback because it's a loaded position. I get that; uh, it's totally fine. Diggs, yeah, Diggs belongs in the second round. He's usually going at that turn. I mean, he. First year in Buffalo, concerns about joining a new team, and he all he does is what lead the NFL in targets, receptions, yards. Uh, was among the league leaders in target share. I was looking at his numbers uh, on PFF against man coverage. Like he was clear in a way the best receiver in the NFL against man coverage. So you can play man against him. And then if you play zone against Buffalo, Cole Beasley is going to destroy zone coverage. Like Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs against man coverage are unstoppable. So, yeah, I understand Sanders is there now and, and Gabriel Davis was great as a rookie, but Stephon Diggs is going to walk into 150 targets this year. And his touchdown, like I think he had eight touchdowns last year. They really didn't come till at the end of the season. He had that three touchdown game against New England on Monday night. Um, but like he was second on this team in end zone targets. I think it was third in red zone targets. Gabriel Davis had a massive touchdown rate. If Diggs' end zone targets and overall red zone looks go up, he could have a 12 touchdown season and get him closer because I think most people, and I do too, have Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill ahead of him. They had massive touchdown upside, obviously. I think they both scored, what, 15 and 18 touchdowns. Um, but the difference, like if Diggs can get up to 12 touchdowns, he's going to catch more passes than Tyreek Hill, who didn't even have 90 last year. So like, I think there is a ceiling for him to get up to 12 touchdowns and that could push him closer to the wide receiver one with Devontae Adams. So yeah, he's a second round selection, in all drafts. And he is, uh, I know he missed a little bit of practice time, but he's fine. Now he's practicing in full. He is about as safe as it gets. And uh, it's crazy looking back at that trade, how, how actually uh, much of a win-win it was for both teams. 
Yeah, I mean, well, at least so far after the first season, I mean, we'll yeah. see how year two goes, you know, in Minnesota for Jefferson, but uh, maybe we'll just trade for him in like two seasons <laughs> and do the same thing. When <laughs> you never know with Brandon Bean, Cousins. man. Yeah, I mean, when he's pissed off at Kirk Cousins too, then he'll, he'll want to come to Buffalo <laughs> as well. So, so I think those are probably the two easiest identifiable guys that you absolutely, everybody and their brother would be like Allen and Diggs are the guys, right? And then after that, I think you've kind of mentioned a couple of them already. You've got the three, you've got like a trio there of Sanders, Davis, and Beasley are kind of all similar. I think at most drafts I'm seeing it goes Davis and then Beasley and then Sanders. Um, but wh- where would you stand on there, those guys? Is there one that you like more than the other? Depends on the format. Um, like in Dynasty, when the Bills brought in Emmanuel Sanders, a lot of people were worried about Gabriel Davis. And I said to go trade for him because uh, I believe Beasley's a free agent after this year. Sanders is on a one-year deal. And we saw what Gabriel Davis did as a rookie. He led the team in yards per target and he was their deep threat. Um, and we like they're all going to play, right? The Bills run three and four wide as much as any team in football. It's a huge part of their offense. So these guys are all going to be on the field. Um so in Dynasty, like Gabriel Davis is somebody that I'm really, really, really borderline in love with because I'm obviously a Bills fan. So the bias is 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 strong. But like Beasley is still really underrated in PPR leagues. Last year, he was the wide receiver 27 in PPR, in, uh, PPR formats. But he's being drafted outside the top 50 receivers. And I get it. He's not the most exciting player. He, he just catches his passes and, you know, doesn't do anything crazy on the on the film but he's gonna obviously benefit as well um i think he's still gonna be the number two target in this offense and i talked about what he did against zone coverage he averaged the six most yards per route run against zone coverage last year i think playing time and we've seen like the last two years i mean the rapport for from uh with, between beasley and josh allen's been great so i still think beasley's number two but again emmanuel sanders the, the difference, I think, is going to be interesting because John Brown missed a lot of time last year for Buffalo, and that's what really helped Gabriel Davis. Sanders, when he's on the field, is going to operate in the same parts of the field as Beasley. So I'm really interested to see, and we saw a little bit, but again, Diggs was on the field in that preseason game. Like They're all going to be guys that you draft you know, towards the, the, the end of your draft. Um, but in full PPR, Beasley has the safest floor. Sanders is going to have, look, they're all going to have weeks, right? We talked about how, much this team's going to throw, how much they run four wide. Like they're all going to have weeks, but I'd probably rank them Beasley in uh, full PPR. I'd still like I still expect Sanders to play more than Davis, but I, I think Davis is upside. He showed it last year. It's 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 immense. And then he just like he showed it in that preseason game. Like he's for for a, a season in a draft class where there were so many great wide receivers. And yes, he's not up there with Justin Jefferson and CD Lamb and T Higgins, but like it just shows how loaded that class was. Where Gabriel Davis is like the wide receiver seven in that class, and he's off to a great start in his career. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that for the most part. I think uh, he's – I have it that he's going to probably end up with the most touchdowns out of that group for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think yards-wise he's going to be the one that's up there. And I actually have been very, like, on the Sanders that he's going to have a, a really good season in this offense. Like, I think The Bills love him. They, they've wanted him for a while now. Yeah, this is the second year they've tried getting him. There's going to be – there's a reason that they want him there. And I think the reason is, is like you mentioned, that he is a good route runner mm-hmm. as well. All three of these guys are going to be phenomenal route runners. What are you going to do? Are you going to try to man everybody? Are you going to try to sit a zone on everybody? And if you are going to focus on Diggs and you're going to focus on Beasley, I think that Sanders is going to be that other guy that's going to get a lot of easy work. And it could turn into things. It might not be the touchdowns like I mentioned, right? But I think yards-wise, Beasley, 
Sanders, Davis, touchdowns, Davis, Beasley, Sanders would be like kind of the way that I would view it, but I'd agree. So let, let's move into the, the hottest topic because we know RB1 is QB1, right? I mean, that's just, I think we could both agree on that. He's, he's the max return on value in the running game in this team. But there are two other guys that are going to get drafted and possibly a third guy if Brita sticks around. Where do you stand on Moss and Singletary? So I, I like both players. Um, Zach Moss is always going four or five rounds ahead of Singletary. And for me, it's always just been, if you're going to draft one of them, go for Singletary because I've always said he's better than a lot of people think, especially a lot of people who are into the fantasy space that love Zach Moss. And he's been, again, it's a small sample. Not everybody's playing. I'm not saying Devin Singletary is one of the best running backs in football, but he's been one of the best running backs in the preseason so far. He looks like he has more bursts, which is something he was working on in the offseason. And again, I understand, like I mentioned, Singletary played the first 15 snaps that Packers game and didn't have a single carry. Like, I th- we know Buffalo is going to be as pass heavy as any team, but it was. I think that was also more at the same time getting Josh Allen in a rhythm in his first game. Like, it just just let Josh throw every play. Um, but Singletary's been, in terms of playing time, the number one running back in the preseason. And I know Moss is coming off the injury, but Moss has had issues with injuries during his college career than last year, too. Um, Singletary's looked really good. So for me, if I'm drafting one, it, it is going to be Singletary. But Zach Moss, like I understand, like if if the Bills want to protect Josh Allen and not have him run as much, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a huge part of their offense in the goal line, and it's why they're so good in the red zone. And it's not like Josh Allen at the goal line and at the five inside the five is taking massive hits, especially at his size. It'd be different if they said, okay, maybe we'll limit his running inside the in between the twenties and whatever. But he's going to run inside the five, which limits the overall upside of both players. Um, but I, I've just been, if I'm drafting a Buffalo running back, it's whoever's going the latest in drafts. And that continues to be Devin Singletary, who I will stress again, is a better football player than, uh, than most people seem to think he is. Yeah. So I, I'm more of a Moss guy, you know, myself. And, it's and, totally I, fair. I, think, and I think it's going to depend because I, what I've seen a lot of, uh, so far in the, the preseason is that they are both almost going to roll them out there. I think every other series again, it looks like yep. they might just do that again, right? Just be like, Hey, let's your turn. You're out there. Let's go. But if they, if they can execute this outside zone running game, I think that we could be in good shape and I think Moss fits that. And I think that he's a little better at that, but like you mentioned, neither one of these guys has enough upside really. So as long as you understand what you're doing, I think is where I'm at with them. Like you're not getting a ton, go and look at what they did last year. And you're probably going to get something similar to that. Maybe an uptick here or there, but I think it's going to be the same thing. Like you mentioned, you know, we run out there and yes, it was preseason and they ran heavy kind of the first two games, but there's nothing that says that this team won't come out and throw 11 straight passes to start a game and Singletary's attempts on the field that drive are gone. And then he's got to wait a whole nother series before he gets out there again and vice versa. So I I've kind of just trended away, staying away from these guys or like late, late flyer on burrito to see if like something goes South, somebody's yeah. going to play. Right. Um, but I, it, it's a tough backfield for me. I remember a couple weeks ago, there was reports that he might not even make the team, but what, what I saw at a burrito, like he might add a nice dimension to this offense because Moss and Singletary are really elusive backs in terms of breaking tackles and Singletary more so like avoiding tackles. But 
They no don't speed. have the speed that Matt Breida has. Yeah, like no speed. That could I be, think- and especially like if Isaiah McKenzie is going to miss time, like they can use Breida pre-snap motion, which the Bills use a lot, and jet sweep. Like I think Breida is going to have a role in this team. And it's obviously not going to be a massive one, but assuming he makes the team, which it looks like he might now, um, I think that could be a you know small factor too. He plays you know ten to twelve snaps a game in the backfield. Yeah, I wouldn't even actually be stunned if like if they split the series and then he's like the third down role for every series. Right? Mm-hmm. He's just kind of the backup for them because I don't see them getting rid of him. And I've heard both sides of it where it's, well, he's on a one year deal, this, that and the other. He's 26. Yeah, I mean, he, he could be on another one year deal next year or a two year deal. His, I mean, there's nothing that says he can't play in Buffalo yeah. for a couple more years. Right. So and I mean, as great as the Bills offense is, they don't really have a ton of speed. Right. It's McKenzie. He and was brought Brita, in for a reason. I believe right. that when they signed him, he was brought. He's like, if you, I don't follow the Madden stuff very much, but like, I think he was like number two in like speed mm-hmm. overall, overall for like a running backs or something yeah, he, like since that. Since he's so. been kind of, since he's kind of emerged in San Francisco a few years ago, he's been legitimately one of the fastest players in football. So that to mention, like the Bills don't exactly have that. And I think it's, it's obviously nice to have uh, on top of everything else they have. So, yeah, I, I would be I, now. I'd be more so more surprised if he didn't make the team, which I, I'm not really mad about. I, th- I think he's looked pretty good as well. Yeah, I think especially if we really do get successful with that zone running, if he can get to the edge, I mean that that could be the difference maker. That maybe he's the guy. One last player I want to ask you about as we're getting kind of close here is: Do you flirt with Knox at all in any kind of drafting, anything like that? Where's he at for you? I mean, he's basically undrafted. Yeah, um, just. <sighs> Dawson Knox, would I be shocked if he put it together this year? The talent's there. I mean, you're a Bills fan. You've watched. He'll make the one-handed incredible catch, and then he'll truck two defenders. The next play, he'll drop one right in his chest. Uh, I know he was at that tight end camp in the offseason. If you just look at his like physical profile, like there's a lot of potential there. Um, and the, the tight end position is not great, but I, I just think there's other tight ends going right around that range, if not being drafted at all, that are that are going to be able to see more consistent targets in their offense. I mean, Dawson Knox, at best, is like the fifth option in this offense. And I understand they're throwing the ball a ton, but he'll have some touchdowns. He'll have some some really, really impressive plays. But for me, it's more of a, I hope he's really good this year to add another you know mismatch for the Bills offense than, than I think will be really fantasy relevant. But I'm excited to watch him. And again, the Zach Ertz watch looks like it is officially... Over so uh, Dawson and Jacob Hollister is like they they like him too so um, I think it'll be more of a hopefully they're good for real life but not for fantasy. Yeah, I mean I think Hollister might have a red zone role. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the Lee Smith guy, you know, catching the ball in the back of the end zone now with <laughs> a little softer hands probably. But real quick, are the Buffalo Bills back in an AFC Championship? Are they in a Super Bowl? What do you what do you think happens with this team? The AFC is is still pretty good, right? You have obviously Patrick Mahomes. I think any team outside of Cincinnati in the AFC um, in the AFC North has a shot. Honestly, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore. Um, but I think at the end of the day, top to bottom, I think Buffalo has a better roster than Kansas City, for being honest. But Kansas City has. I mean they. Well, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Tyreek Hill, they have Travis Kelsey. Like it's close, but I think Buffalo's top to bottom roster can make the case it's almost as good as anybody in football. So I'm trying not to be, you know, 
too optimistic. And I'm also not trying to just say, okay, you know, we had our one year and we're Bills fans, so it's going to go back down to earth. But I, I think the Bills, barring injuries, and again, they were pretty healthy last year, but barring injuries, they, I, I think they will be back in the AC title game. I really do. I just think, I just think coaching, play calling, management, you have your quarterback. They don't really have a weakness. You know, their defense, I think, could be a little bit better against the run, but they have Star Latule back. That'll be nice at Oliver. And it looks like Gregory Rousseau could be the real deal, which would be helpful. The secondary is still really good. If you get something from Dane Jackson or Levi Wallace at the number two corner spot, Teron Johnson, like I just think top to bottom, their their team is loaded. So I like Cleveland. I like some of these other teams, but I'm still sticking with Buffalo. Yeah, I've actually I've been saying all obviously I think this is a year that there's actually like five teams in the AFC that could potentially be going to the Super Bowl the way it, just the yeah, way it works you out. Could throw Kansas Tennessee City, in there, although their defense scares me. But yeah, yeah the AFC is really Baltimore, good. Cleveland, I think yeah, absolutely. Any one of those teams could potentially be there. I mean, Cleveland almost did it last year. They mm-hmm. were a play away from taking Kansas City down last year, so I think uh, they definitely are in the mix for sure this season. Absolutely. I'm excited, yeah. man. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the AFC in general is just a gauntlet of teams. I mean, the top half is loaded. Even the middle tier is pretty tight. I mean, the I Bills think. the Bills themselves have a stretch this year where they go to Tennessee and to Kansas City back-to-back weeks. It's not easy. Yeah, this is not an easy schedule for the Bills. I mean, so we're going to really get to see because we are now that we're a division winner, right? So you have to play all the best teams to be the best again, so... It's going to yeah. be fun. But before we get out of here, Adam, uh, is there anything that you got upcoming? Uh, anything over at FTN you're going to be doing? Anything going on that you want to shout out? Yeah, just like I said, we're doing Fade the Chalk uh, pretty much four times a week right now. Then once the season starts, you know, the week of week one, it'll be six episodes a week. So uh, check that out on any podcast platform. It's always a great time. We do DFS, redraft, anything you can think of. And in terms of articles, I'm doing uh, an ADP series where I highlight two players being drafted right around each other and debate which player is uh, is the better bet for fantasy. So the last one I did, I believe, was uh, Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins. So these are always fun because they, when I'm doing research and article and, and preparation for them, I you know I become either higher or lower on a player than I originally was. So handful of uh, handful more of those this week as drafts are. Uh, really really uh, heating up so really awesome stuff and uh, if you guys aren't following ftn i mean there's a lot of good stuff going on over there besides adam and if you're not watching the show i've had uh, i've had d bro on Derek is hilarious so if you never yeah never tuned into any of their shows he's got tons of energy he's a great dude Uh, it's a lot of good information you guys should definitely check that out all the links to all that stuff will be in the show notes for you guys too so you can find them Uh, adam thanks for coming on man Uh, thanks for everybody for listening in course another week in the books we're getting close to the season so everybody stay safe you know i appreciate you guys being here we wouldn't have a show if there wasn't people listening i look forward to the upcoming season make sure you guys are on the lookout Uh, there's going to be some giveaways coming this week i'm going to be raising some money for a couple charities Uh, we're going to be jamming out with the play action pools uh starting up the uh, contest for the season this week so be on the lookout for all that you can find me over at the buffalo nerd.com and of course go bills you just listen to the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out!